Richard Radio begins in three, two, one. Somehow, God is in me, and there's a sense in which I am like God and man all at once. Many religions claim that we will all eventually be gods. The Bible says something so much better. It says, no, God will continue to be God. Man will continue to be man, but God will come upon man. No way! It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Well, what have you been up to? It's the Wretched Radio Mail Call Delivery Bag Q&A Infotainment Nationwide Extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. That is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. The mail is here! Ooh, this is Wretched Radio. Haven't you been prolific? And I'm so grateful that you send stories, articles, sermons, whatever news story you think is wretched to idea at wretched.org. Not to mention questions, comments, conundrums, dare I say, snarks. Okay, Jimmy. Yes? Is your mic messed up? Been spending some time with Dr. Lou Priolo. Yeah. He accused me of something. I can imagine. Being. <laughs> can, do I get guesses? Hmm. <laughs> Have you two been talking? <laughs> Being snarky. Oh, no, not you. <laughs> now, that was a little snarky right there. Yeah, well, Lou, I think you're too tender and sensitive. So there. <laughs> snarky how dare you he said that he was actually going back he watched the strange fire q a that we did i think that was 2014 that was almost a decade ago Mm. and he said my wife and i thought you were a little snarky and this is this is why we need people people we need people because i remember how i was thinking during that panel i was thinking okay there are going to be people who are involved in strange fire activities. We, 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 we don't want to be trashing and burning. I, I wasn't, in other words, I was trying to be pastoral. It was deemed snarky. Oh, I, okay. I, I, we, because we, we, we don't judge ourselves well. Mm. So I'm actually just going to have to take my word for it <laughs> and carry on. Now, please send stuff to idea at wretched.org. I had my own thoughts about you regarding that panel. What? <laughs> it didn't seem like you. What do you mean it didn't seem like me? Well, you know, you like pithiness. And it took you a while to get to the questions. Oh. Because of the jokes. Well, 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 well. <laughs> I see. So th- is this what you've been harboring now for years? Uh, for years. This is the issue right here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Idea at org. All right. We mm. start with David, who says, Todd, what should I be saying to my children uh, when they're playing sports or taking tests instead of good luck? Well, that's such an excellent question. Happy now. Uh, <laughs> happy. Go. Yes. Good luck is a phrase that we use culturally that doesn't have a whole lot of meaning other than I hope it goes well for you. Nevertheless, I just, without becoming entirely persnickety, which I am fully capable of doing, I don't think it's the best phrase for Christians to use. Having said that, I don't think we should start saying good providence. Uh, may, may the Lord ordain a great outcome for your competition. 
I think we just stay away from it because there is no such thing as luck. So I think there's encouragements. Hey, use your God-given skills. Use your glorify him when when you're blocking today, which incidentally, while that maybe sounds a little bit Christian ham-fisted, we do need to be talking like that to our kids to help them understand that God is involved in the center of everything we do, including playing on the gridiron, the tennis court, or if you must, and I don't get it, pickleball. How do you glorify God in those things? Because it is my experience, and it's not just true for whippersnappers. It's true for older folks, too. We are philosophical dualists. We have been more influenced by Plato than we even realized. We separate our faith from reality. We have two stories in our hearts and minds. Well, faith is on the top floor. Life is lived on the bottom floor. Um, Faith, don't come downstairs. And that's not the way we should. We should be thinking everything. And I am pretty certain this is one of the reasons why so many people feel joyless, lonely, and purposeless. Because they don't realize that even in the mundane tasks of life, if done for the Lord, they have eternal significance. Turn your Bibles to Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14. Here's the end of it. After 12 chapters of ain't this life a drag, vanity, vanity, but if you're serving the Lord, that has eternal value. Suddenly, the mundane activities of life, they bring in eternal significance when we are doing them as unto the Lord. Now, does that mean you're not listening to the call? The, the quarterback is barking out 17, 42, 98. And by the way, I don't know how they do that without shredding their vocal cords. Nevertheless, you're the center. You miss the snap because you were just thinking about God. No, that is not where we should be balancing this, go out into the field thinking about him, dedicated to him. Maybe maybe when you're on the sidelines, you can think about the Lord. Now, how much? There's no rules on that. But when you are living your life mindful, and I don't mean like Goldie Hawn mindfulness, mindful that this really does have an eternal value to it. I want to, therefore, do this for the Lord. That means when I blow a play, I don't want to respond in a way that will not bring glory to my God. And if we would do more of that as parents, I got to tell you, I think we would see less adults being Platonists. Idea at wretched.org. All right. Well, this one comes from Jessica, who says, Hi, Todd. Is it biblical that we pray out loud before a meal in public? Whether at home or in a restaurant, I silently pray before every meal, but many of my Christian friends pray out loud. Is that biblical? It's, it's sure, but it's not a law. You can pray out loud. You cannot. You could, you could have everybody bow their heads. You know what? We're just going to do this quietly. And, and I get that we need to watch out that we're not being intimidated like, oh, people are going to hear us praying here. I, you know, and I'm mindful of that. You know, the, 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 the wait person brings the food to your table. Hopefully you say, thank you. Oh, but you know what? We don't have any salt on the table. And you know that the salt is right over there on that stand, but it's time to pray. Do you ever wait till she comes back so she doesn't stand there and interrupt? Let's not become legalists in this. You can pray and do it any way that you want to. It's not a law. We do see a pattern. Jesus gave thanks before eating. So we see that that's a bit of a pattern. It's not a law. 
But how you do it, that is totally up to you. How long? That would be another. Do I? Some people say that I have to pray for two minutes. No, that's, that's not the rule. God wants you to pray from the heart as you see fit in your situation. Idea at wretched.org. That would be your cue, uh, Jimmy. Sorry, I was thinking about God. <laughs> you see what no. I did there? <laughs> no. You didn't. All right. You missed the snap. Yeah, I did. I All did. Right. All right. This is from Ryan, who says, Todd, a Christian, I understand, never retires from ministry or serving, but is there a certain age or even limitation for when a Christian should retire from work? Well, sure. I mean, yes, You when physical limitations start to take over, then yeah, then then you can do that. But that doesn't mean that you get to check out forever. There's always work that we can be doing for the Lord. Always. Hey, Jimmy. Yes. Watch what I'm going to do here. Okay. What is this button here? This this one, it's it's lit up. Should I just press the button and see what we've got? Uh, Say yes. Yes. Okay, I'll give that a shot. Here we go. Let's see what what's happening here on this particular channel. This is this is my Diet of Worms. You know, when Martin Luther was <laughs> called before the Roman Catholic Church at the Diet of Worms in fifteen, he twenty one, fifteen twenty one. Of course, you would know that. One one of these dark suits is not like the others. Let me tell you that. Okay. It, but it just the, it was a little chit chat. Uh, yeah, the com- stand up comedy act just continues. I was sitting down. <laughs> you know, I, I wonder, you know, he, it seemed that he kind of copped out. They asked him, will you recant? No, actually, this is teaching. I was actually preaching at Grace Community Church. OK, you're trying to get away with that with John MacArthur. He, he asked for a day before delivering the infamous here I stand. I can do no other. In both Latin and German, so the people could hear it, so he couldn't be killed by the Roman Catholic Church. What? Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Idea at wretched.org. All right, this one is from Julie, who says, Todd, uh, where should Christians draw the line between too much involvement or commitment in the church and rest on Sundays? Ask your family. Is it? First of all, you've got, you probably have to get your Sabbath theology figured out. There's differences of opinion on this subject. It depends on how you deal with you should honor the Lord on the Sabbath. Is that a commandment that is in place? Has it really moved from Saturday to Sunday? I think we need to allow ourselves a little bit of liberty in this. So get that figured out and that will determine how much you do on a Sunday. But regarding the issue of balance and work and and with resting, Get your get your Sabbath theology sorted, but then just always regarding work, play, serving in the church, the best barometer for you is either your family, hey, dad's spending too much time doing this or that, or if you don't have a spouse and children, your church family. How do you think I'm doing in my balance? Because remember, there is a hierarchy of ministries. It's your personal relationship with the Lord, your relationship with your spouse and your family, then church. This is Wretched Radio. Just because Roe v. Wade is overturned, that does not mean the battle for life is over. Would you please consider supporting 
Preborn Ministries, providing ultrasounds that genuinely save lives. That ultrasound changed everything for me. It really did. That made it all worthwhile to know that I was going to have a little blessing. And when she got here, it was just, oh my gosh. (laughs) Another woman who chooses life because she saw an ultrasound. Her life, and obviously her baby's life, changed. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life would be without her. The war for life continues to rage. Would you please engage in the battle and support preborn centers at preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched. Who doesn't like road trips? Buckle up and get ready because we are back for Road Trip to Truth season trois. That's friends for three. I know you didn't know how cultured I was, but this isn't about me. It's about Road Trip to Truth and host John Fabares, who are back with an all-new season, tackling topics like the existence of aliens, the authenticity of the Bible, the true purpose for sex, the effects of social media, bumper sticker philosophy, what does it mean to be a woman, what does it mean to be a man, justice, and many other topics. 13 episodes to be exact with experts like Dr. Jason Lyle, Dr. Paul Twist, Nate Pickowitz, Alan Parr, Tom Hammond, and a lot more. So get ready for twists and turns and truth on the road trip to truth. Season 3 with host John Fabares. It's available now at wretched.org or roadtriptotruth.org. Cool, very cool. The Tomorrow Clubs now have 106 clubs in Romania. This year marks the celebration of the 25th anniversary of our ministry. But also, it is a very important milestone for Tomorrow Clubs Romania. Now, Tomorrow Clubs Romania has 106 clubs. That means 106 villages are hearing the gospel proclaimed to the kids who get saved. They bring the gospel home. Parents get saved and local churches get strengthened. Would you please consider supporting the Tomorrow Clubs? Not only do they have hundreds of clubs in Romania, Ukraine, Russia, Albania, all over Eastern Europe and now in Africa, would you please consider what might you do to bring the gospel to both Africa and to Eastern Europe. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Know your reformers. John Whitcliffe, called the morning star of the Reformation, was a professor at Oxford in the 1300s who preached against papal authority in matters of doctrine, politics, and church practice. After his death, his bones were dug up, burned, and spread over the river. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. By the way, if you've been at the conference and you've been detached from your telephone and you're missing Fox News because you're an evangelical, so you miss Fox News, um, it's part of the deal. You get saved, you watch Fox, you get a gun permit. Okay, so you... (laughs) It's true, though, isn't it? It is true. (laughs) No idea what you're talking about, Jimmy. This is Wretched Radio. Okay, maybe it did go on a bit. (laughs) I just saw that Fox News is reporting O.J. Simpson wants to become a TV evangelist. Uh, Take... No kidding. 
uh, uh, following after apparently his new favorite teacher, Frederick Price. So we can all look forward to that in about 28 years when he is finally sprung. <laughs> all right. You're up to speed. There's <laughs> the loss in cash. He was goading me. Okay. I would have tightened it up. Are we ready? I'm sorry. Peer pressure. This is the Strange Fire Conference. Uh, Next year, we're hoping for Strange Water to talk about baptismal regeneration. Is that correct? Yeah, we can do that. (laughs) So, Strange Fire Conference. (laughs) Jimmy, you'll be pleased to know I edited myself. Oh, you did? I, I could have kept going because I think this was the conference where R.C. Sproul sent a video. He couldn't be there for whatever reason. I think he sent a video that they played. And I wanted to say, well, we'll see if R.C. Sproul sends a video that you play for the Strange Water Conference. But I didn't. You didn't. So there, please send <laughs> critiques or whatever, to idea at wretched.org. You really mean that. Three you? minutes and 15 seconds. Uh, uh, that's all. That's all. I've heard longer. Okay. All right. Well, here's a question from Norman. Todd, did Jesus eat meat? That's <laughs> pithy. <laughs> Take and I think I know that, Norman. Did Jesus eat meat? I would have to say, well, which type of meat are you talking about? Did he eat pork? Don't think so. Did he eat shellfish? No. Why? Because he totally fulfilled the law. This kind of brings us into the territory of, well, when did the new covenant start? When were the Mosaic laws set aside? I think it's probably safe to say the the resurrection of Jesus. It was some people could argue the night he was betrayed when he took the bread and he took the cup. This is the new covenant because his passion was beginning. But it's we're within like a day or days of the same idea that it was Jesus fulfilling what was prophesied, that he would die for sinners and create a new covenant, obliterating the old. The principles still are alive and applied to the correct situation today. But Hebrews 8, 9, and 10, all of those laws now set aside. When did that, what second did that happen? Well, let's just say around the sufferings, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because then you have to wait a little bit into the book of Acts when you get some real clarity on this with Peter and Cornelius and the church council in Jerusalem. So I think we're talking about Acts 9, 10, and maybe 15, give or take. Just read all of Acts, you'll find it. Where Peter received a dream. Go ahead, see all those animals? Eat them. It's okay. Eat them. Now, could he have done that after the resurrection of Jesus? I suspect so. But wherever you think the new covenant was officially cut, this is this is the second that it happened. Jesus didn't violate the Mosaic covenant. Jot or tittle. He fulfilled it all. Did he eat meat after he was resurrected? I think he could have. Did he throughout the majority of his life? Nope. They didn't because he was fulfilling the law and then can give you credit for what he did. He abstained from eating medium rare Costco steak done sous vide style oh, oh, for your for your sake. What's the best steak you've ever had? Jimmy, I'm telling you, the boiling the meat thing. Oh, it, is there something to that? Oh, uh, it. For the process is a little funky, if you don't mind me saying so, because you, you put the meat with all of your ingredients. You can put butter and oil, rosemary, thyme, garlic, of course. 
and you put it in a pot and you it, it just heats the whole time. It's got to be airtight. So it's a Ziploc bag and you take it out and it's like, okay, this looks disgusting. It's gray meat. It's like, it's decomposing. Well, just turn your eyes and then put it into a hot skillet for about 45 seconds each side. And I'm telling you, wow, is that ever great steak? And Jesus didn't enjoy that his entire life on your behalf. Well, at least when it came to pigs. (laughs) so we want to make sure that we define meat rightly here could they eat meat in the old testament yeah but there were certain types they couldn't so basically jesus gave up bacon for you and that's not a joke he gave up a lot for us he abstained from so much he enjoyed so little so that you can have credit for all of his goodness please send whatever to idea at wretched.org all right this one comes from joe lee who says todd or asks todd what would you say to someone who claims that they have not sinned in three years the man in question they they don't have family (laughs) that's true The man in question claims that if you're a true Christian, then you must be sinless, and that if you die with unrepentant sin, you will go to hell. That sounds like a sinless perfectionist, and those are tough. I I think of Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, and sinless perfectionists. Seriously, get into a three-point stance in front of a brick wall, fire off, it'll be a more pleasant experience. These are tough encounters. I like to keep it super simple because you can go on forever with these. They're going to, well, quote this verse. Well, no, it doesn't mean that in that verse when you respond with the verse. No, what he's really saying in that verse. So take a look at this verse and you just forever. So with the Jehovah's Witness and the Mormon and with the sinless perfectionist, we want to use the law, thought, word, deed to bring about an awakening of their conscience. You are sinning. Now with the Jehovah's Witness and the Mormon, I like to show them via the law. So your works are falling short. If you don't have a savior who is fully God, fully man, you're going to die in your sins and go to hell. Ciao, whether they're Italian or not, and just leave it hovering over their heads that a work righteous system with a not divine, fully divine, fully human savior, you're going to hell. I got to go. And you let it sit until that God convicts them that they need that Savior. And with the sinless perfectionist, it's similar. So, wow, you're telling me, sir, you haven't looked with lust in three years? Really? How how are you able to never second look, never a lingering glance? Mm -hmm. Or you can do what I sometimes do and just kind of poke a little bit. And watch them get angry. Hey, did you know that Jesus said being angry at somebody is like murder? It looks to me like you're falling short of your own standard, which means based on what I am actually observing in you, you are not perfect. You, by your own theology, are going to die and go to hell. Take care. Let me know when you want to hear about good news in Jesus Christ and leave it at that because I have found that the longer you stay in those encounters, the least, the less productive they are. Jimmy, looks like you wanted to say something. I, I was just going to say the statement itself, I haven't sinned in three years, sounds a little prideful. Yeah. So the statement is... Come on. Is you, know what we, you know what we need to do with those people? What's, what's that? 
Fly him into Atlanta, have him rent a car and drive around for an hour. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> we'll see how sinless you are. Please send whatever to idea at wretched.org. All right. This one comes from Florian, who says, Todd, I, Florian. I, Florian. I wonder if he's Romanian. Could be. I got to tell you, we're just hearing from folks in places you wouldn't imagine. We do hear, by the way, the Tomorrow Clubs, they have over 100 clubs in Romania now. How cool is that? They've got over 100 clubs. Masters Academy, I believe that they've got a, a mini seminary in Romania. God's work in every place. And sometimes we get to hear from folks via the internet. By the way, two good ministries, Tomorrow Clubs, they are expanding like crazy. I just saw some video from Africa. It, it, they're in Zimbabwe. And there was, I think they had a drone flying over this village. And it's literally what you would imagine, like, whoa, that's like like non-civilized areas. Huts. Base, that people are just living in grass huts. And you would go, well, there can't be much going on there. And then they show the kids coming to the Tomorrow Clubs where they hear about Jesus. Hundreds of kids. Like, where do these kids even live? And they're coming to hear about Jesus. It's amazing. It's a great ministry to support. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched idea at wretched.org. All right. From Florian, I've got a burning question on which I've heard two positions. Do we go to heaven after we die or do we sleep six feet under? No, we go to heaven. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. You go to, let's call it an air quote heaven Because God's going to torch this place, purify this place, and then he is going to dwell with his people on this earth. So it's the new heavens, the new earth. So did Jesus ascend to heaven? Yes. Do you die? And if you're in Christ, go to be with him? Yes, you do. But that's not going to be your eternal dwelling. Your eternal dwelling right here doing a lot of the stuff that you currently do only with Jesus in view, enjoying him more and more every single second of every single day. Make no mistake about it. There's no such thing as soul sleep. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, are you depressed? Because if you are, Intercosmos, a new neural technology company, has the answer for you. The company has created what it calls a digital pill for the mind, which is a tiny implant similar to a cochlear implant, basically a microchip that they want to implant into your head to treat depression. Yeah, that's going to be a hard pass for me, but hey, you might be interested. And now, let's hear from a well-respected academic affiliated with Columbia University. I went to a very busy street corner on a Saturday afternoon in Asheville, North Carolina, and I took a big jug of bubbles, you know, children's bubbles that you would blow. The children were loving the bubbles, and when their parents would walk over, I would say, these are queer bubbles, and they're going to make your children queer. Not gay and lesbian, but queer, meaning that they're going to be healthy, happy, revolutionary queers are going to put an end to racism, misogyny, transphobia, and help change this world for the better. So that's what that word means. Huh. Here I was all along thinking it meant something totally different. And this is a bit of an odd story that, well, I think they've all been odd so far, but... 
This story is a bit odd to me. An atheist in Florida named Kishon Neesmith got into an argument with a member of his family who's a pastor and a funeral for another family member. The argument, of course, was about the existence of God, heaven, and hell, with the pastor attempting to witness to Neesmith, who wasn't having, and he became so enraged that he shot him in the neck. If he doesn't believe God exists, why does he care so much that someone else does? It's because, well, he's not an atheist. He does know that there is a God that will one day judge him. Well, a coalition of Christian schools have just won a major religious liberty victory this week when a federal judge dismissed a case that could have forced them to abandon their biblical beliefs on sexual orientation and gender identity. The lawsuit asked the federal court to declare the Title IX Religious Exemption Clause unconstitutional, a ruling that would have forced faith-based institutions to choose between their biblical beliefs and federal tuition assistance for students. The federal judge, a Democratic-appointed judge, sided with the Christian colleges in this case. And the largest United Methodist Church in South Carolina is the latest to announce plans to leave the United Methodist denomination over the ongoing debate on homosexuality in the church. Mount Horeb United Methodist Church of Lexington, South Carolina, which has a congregation that exceeds 5,000 members, has started the discernment process to leave the UMC. And as I've said before, they will not be the last to do so. But let us continue praying for all of our Methodist brothers and sisters. Sisters. More Wretched Radio, straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible The book of Judges covers Israel's history from the death of Joshua to just before the reign of King Saul. The reoccurring phrase is, And everyone did what was right in their own eyes. When Israel rebelled, God allowed their enemies to triumph. But when Israel cried out to God, He raised up a deliverer. God is faithful even when His people are not. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. What's on your mind? Wretched Radio, that is the number of the old toll-free, 1-877-282-BEEP. Please leave a message with a question, a comment, a conundrum, or even a snark. Salutations, Mr. Friel. Uh, so I was listening to your segment on kiddos, and Kidults. while I don't sit in my room playing with Legos or Hot Wheels, for that matter, Jimmy, did he just say Legos? He did say Legos. I hope Jim Osmond isn't listening. Um, I do notice some of those tendencies in me. Um, so I was wondering, what are some ways that I can put those to death and uh, race towards maturity? You've already started. Well done. And I'm not joking. If if I were face-to-face with you in our local church, I'd be encouraging you like nobody's business because you have absolutely taken the first step. I have some kid-like proclivities. And I'm a grown man. It's time to put those childish things behind. That's a huge step. Now, we don't want to be legalists about this, but we do want to press toward being involved in activities that I don't want to say are more grown up. I would like to say have more more biblical implications and more wisdom applied to life and being a better steward of time. Can a 45-year-old play a video game? Okay, sure. You can. How much? If it's eating into your family time, 
If, if you could be serving, you could be volunteering at church, but you've already got 12,000 points or whatever these things do when you keep score of them. Well, well, then you're out of balance. They can be used for discretionary entertainment, but you want to be taking a look at your life and going, all right, do I have my priorities straight here? And everybody, even when you're as old as Jimmy without his gallbladder, I didn't know you lost it, Jimmy. I did. Huh. So yeah. I've got something you don't have. Yeah. All the gall. Matt just got his taken out. It went really well. He was Matt, he's he's here in the ministry. He's an overachiever. He was told that his gallbladder was the worst gallbladder of the day. Wow. <laughs> do you have that award? I do not. Huh? <laughs> so you've got rid of your gallbladder. Matt got rid of his. We're very grateful for science that it works. Even at Matt's age, even at Jimmy's age, even at my age, you gotta take a look. All right, wait a second. How am I using my energies? And we can all get out of joint to a degree and we need an adjustment. So you're on the road to starting. I might encourage you to take another step, which is let another older, godly, adult male help you. Spend time with him. Go to his house, watch him with his wife and kids and study him. If you ever get invited to a dinner party and you're like, ah, oh, this is going to be such a drag. There's nobody there that I'm at. Just watch and see how they interact with one another. If the couple is there, make in our house, we've got a kitchen island and you know how it is. It doesn't matter what the rest of the house is like. Everybody sits at the kitchen island and within, then Mrs. Friel and I will be working on the food. But there are some couples where it's just the wife working on the food and not the husband and not helping with dishes or it's vice versa. Just study it. How do they move? How do they interact? Are they getting agitated? What can you learn from them? And if you've got somebody who's discipling you in that regard, you're just going to keep growing and growing and growing. And one last thought for you, young man, besides another encouragement is it can be a little bit painful. There's still some stuff that you might like to do, but you go, you know what? As good as I am at that game, as much fun as that is to me, I want to be more godly. I want to be doing things that actually help my brothers and sisters. Or I want to be growing in wisdom and knowledge. I'm going to put down the game and I'm going to pick up a book. And it's going to be hard. But you're going to be doing something that just grows you and matures you. And if you have somebody discipling you, he will be able to guide you. A one 282 Hey, Todd, if you're driving above the speed limit and you suddenly see a cop car, yeah. does your foot let off the gas? Maybe. It even <laughs> hits the brake. The term is burying your bumper. Jimmy, I would say, based on the emails that I saw, mm -hmm. the vote was split. Real, yeah. There were people who agreed with you. There were some people who agreed with me. Whether a Christian can ever speed or not come to a full stop. Sinners. Sinners. All <laughs> sinners. Just a side note. If you ever go anywhere with Jimmy, just build in a little extra time because it's going to take a bit. Hello, Mr. Creel. Uh, if spiritual warfare was a good metaphor, or is a good metaphor to use like in all circumstances, uh, would Paul becoming all things to all men be the equivalent of being like behind enemy lines? Mm, Paul, well, specifically when Paul, I believe it's Romans 9, talked about, no, not Romans 9, Romans 14. No, 
Second Corinthians 10. <laughs> Jimmy, look up that verse. It's got to be Second Corinthians 8 through 10 or Romans 14. Or is it Second Corinthians? It's in the New Testament. And he said, I become all things to all people that I might win some. It wasn't in the context of spiritual warfare. It was in the context of being aware. All right, I, I'm in this. I, I'm I'm in Japan, and the custom is to take off your shoes before you enter the house. I'm taking off my shoes. The brogans will sit at the door because I want I want to I want to become all things to all people. Does that mean that he changes the message? No. Does that mean he incorporates their worldview into his theology? No. Does that mean he becomes seeker sensitive? No. Does that mean he uses that as an excuse to have a rock and roll band playing an 80s medley before the worst? No, during the worship service. No. It was to be mindful so that you don't put up anything that causes somebody to not hear you. Jimmy, what verse was that? Uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 22. 1 Corinthians 9? Yeah. 22. Uh-huh. You didn't, you don't believe me? It, you know, <laughs> I just did, I knew it was 1 Corinthians 9. I just, I wanted to just test you or something because I'm a radio host and I'm never wrong. Hey, Todd. Hey, I've got a question regarding how should I handle my sister. Um, she is in what, what we would call an ethically non-monogamous relationship yeah. and or polyamorous or for what most people would know as a relationship where she's openly involved with many people. Can I tell you something tragic, sir? Now this, uh, this is becoming increasingly common. I was I had my earbuds in at the gym and the commercial because I don't pay for Spotify on the cheapskate. I'll listen to the commercials. It was a new podcast. How to navigate having multiple partners. What? You're actually like broadcasting this to get people to listen. This is a growing trend. We've tried giving her the gospel many times, tried presenting to her, and at the end of the day, long story short, it's tearing us apart. Tearing the family apart Mm. of how she's choosing to live her life. How in the world do we handle approaching her yet again? Or is it time to say goodbye? Nope. Hey, that was pretty definitive. I don't think it is time to say goodbye. It's your sister. You are always going to be blood related and you can always love her. This, this sounds, I know I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here right now in a studio and I'm not confronted with this particular issue. So this might sound glib and well, you're oversimplifying things, but I still think this is the path forward. And you already said the key. You have proclaimed the gospel to her. I'm certain that you have said God doesn't want you living like this, not having multiple. He wants you to be in a committed relationship with somebody of the opposite gender in a lifelong covenant union, glorifying him. That's what he, you, 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 you know that and you're living in violation of that law. And he wants you to repent and put your trust in him and trust him that he's got better for you. Okay. She's heard that. She's understood that. How many times do you need to tell her that? I know how you feel. It's Well, I got to keep telling her. And if I'm just nice to her, she's going to think that I'm okay with it. So I might suggest you've already done one meeting, which is great. You set it up the way that you deem fit and say, hey, sis, I just wanted to share something with you that's on my heart. I love you so much. 
And, and I want us to have a great sibling relationship. And I just wanted to let you know, you, you know how I feel about, you know, your lifestyle and stuff. Okay. When I'm nice to you and giving and I invite you to stuff, you do know that I'm not like acquiescing on my position that I, I'm still not in favor of what you, you know that I just don't want you to confuse my kindness with approval. We're cool. And then love your sister. Just love her. Be, be your brother. You're not going to convert her. It's not your job. You have been faithful to delivering the gospel. The Bible doesn't say you have to preach the gospel 82 times. In fact, kind of get a leaning the other way in First Peter chapter 2, that the woman who's married to a godless man, that she doesn't have to keep banging on it. She no doubt has shared the gospel, but now she's just living a godly life and even enjoying her pagan husband and loving her pagan husband and experiencing marital pleasures with her pagan husband. And it's okay for you to do that with your siblings. It's okay for you to do that with your kids. Just make sure that they know the gospel do it lovingly, and then make sure that you have agreement. My love for you is not approval of your lifestyle, but I just want to love you. We're going to put that behind, and let's go have turkey dinner. This is Wretched Radio. So there you are on your Googler machine trying to find a restaurant. What do you look for? Ratings and reviews. If it gets lots of stars, positive reviews, chances are pretty good you're going to go there. Question, would you be inclined to go to a restaurant that had a 98% approval rating and rave reviews? I suspect you would. MetaShare, Affordable Biblical Health Sharing, has a 98% approval rating. 400,000 members strong, sharing one another's health care bills, saving billions of dollars over the years, saving families on average $500 a month. And 98% of the members of MediShare give it a hearty thumbs up. I encourage you to call them and see if MediShare is right for you and your family. 1-844-34-BIBLE. 1-844-34-BIBLE for MediShare. Hey, hey, thank you for tuning in to Wretched Radio today. We certainly appreciate your time. Did you know there is actually something in existence that gives you information on things happening at Wretched? Things like upcoming product launches or details on upcoming seasons of our productions of Wretched Radio, Wretched TV, Road Trip to Truth, Transformed, and Breaking Bread. Also, information on job openings here at Wretched. Information on upcoming sales in the Wretched store. What I'm referring to is the monthly Wretched newsletter. If you're not already receiving the Wretched newsletter, you're missing out on all of these things and more. The Wretched Newsletter also contains thorough and in-depth messages on a wide range of theological topics, and that's not all. As a Wretched Newsletter subscriber, you're also eligible for resources that we give away daily here at Wretched. So sign up and don't miss out on any of this stuff by becoming a Wretched Newsletter subscriber by visiting our website at wretched.org, scroll to the bottom of the page, and fill out the form. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing Gospel. For your consideration, not one but two ways that you could strengthen the local global church, the Masters Academy International, training men in Los Angeles who then return to their home countries and open up mini seminaries to train pastors in their native land. That strengthens the local church. But there's another way you can do just that. We are partnering with the Masters Academy International to send Bibles to the Philippines. Not just any Bible, 
MacArthur Study Bibles to believers in TMAI-trained churches. These efforts strengthen the local church. Would you please consider how many Bibles you might send, how many seminaries you might support overseas? To learn more, visit wretched.org pastor, or if you like the Bible sending idea, wretched.org Bible. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the Advocate. When we as God's redeemed people sin, Jesus is our Advocate before the Father. It is on the basis of Christ's righteousness that we are saved, not our own works. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Oh boy, it's the highlight of my week. This is Wretched Radio. There you are driving down the road. You see a church sign and you have a cell phone. Pull over and send it to a 1-877-282-BEEP. United Church sign. It's going to be I a stinker. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. It's going to be bad, Jimmy. You already can tell. I am not a prophet, but I <laughs> adhere to the uni rule. If a church has you and I, those three letters in that order, look out. United Church sign. I call my horse Mayo and sometimes mayonnaise. That's so worthy of a church. (laughs) Excuse me. The phone is ringing. Henny Youngman's calling. He wants his lame joke back. I'm sorry. It's too late, Henny. Shecky Green has already filed a lawsuit. You should have used that at the Strange Fire Conference. Oh, you're (laughs) relentless. Possibility. Greater than symbol. Status quo. Uh, Tell me what that means. A possibility is greater than the status quo. Possibility, yes. I can translate that, but I don't know if my interpretation is right. You're supposed to do what you're supposed to do, regardless of what society is screaming at you. But if you've got a church sign that causes somebody to not know for sure what the interpretation clear, precise, they can be powerful. They can be evangelistic. They can be convicting. They can be encouraging for the believers. Don't put up something that, and it's got a math symbol. No math symbols. Church sign. I saw this while driving around and listening to your church sign segment. Don't put other people down unless it's on your prayer list. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The encouragement for a prayer list, it ain't bad. Jimmy, have you ever experienced this phenomenon? Somebody says, so Jimmy, would you pray for me? And you say... Sure. Sure. Absolutely. So you're you're walking away and it's like, okay, I better do this right away before I forget. You pray for the person and then you do forget it. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a sin, but then aren't there other times somebody goes, would you pray for me? And it gets stuck and it just stays on your mental prayer list and you can't not pray for that person. Do you ever experience that? I do. Yes. Yes. So I am weird. Uh, Well, yeah. Well, if you're you're doing it. Exactly. Look at what this program has devolved into. It's a little tit for tat. (laughs) Church signs. God welcomes even the biggest turkeys. Oh, it's a a Thanksgiving sign. (laughs) Little 
loosey-goosey for my taste. Uh, ho, 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 it's not just church signs that can sling them. I've got two church signs for you. The first, I think, was at a Catholic church. Running out of letters. Sin bad. Jesus good. More info inside. I don't hate that. Not nuts that it's on a Roman Catholic church, because if you do go inside, they're not going to offer you grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone. They're going to put you on a treadmill of works. Otherwise, okay. The other one I just saw was exercise daily. Walk with God, run from Satan. Yeah, yeah, okay. There's an element of that that's true. But if anybody's doing the running when it comes to temptation, yes, flee from temptation. And that can sometimes literally mean get get the pitter-patter going. Skedaddle. Get out of there. But even so, in that is a submission to God, resisting the temptation, and he's the one who skedaddles. He's the one who flees from us because, well, this ain't working. This ain't doing any good. He keeps submitting to Jesus Christ, and he's the one who flees. Not to say there aren't times when you shouldn't skedaddle. Hi, Mr. Todd and Mr. Jimmy. I got a double-sided fortune cookie church sign for you. (laughs) So side one is he who thinks by the inch and talks by the yard deserves to be kicked by the foot. He who thinks by the inch... Measures by the yard should be kicked by the foot. Thinks by the inch, talks by the yard, should be kicked by the foot. Are you sure this was a church or was it a Taekwondo center? <laughs> and side two says, well, talking, watch your tongue. It's wet and slips easily. Sunday worship, 10 a.m. It would appear that Todd's right about churches with unity in the name. Yes. Yes, I am. If it has you and I, you might want to be looking for the door. Church sign. Okay, so the first part of the question. A perfect union? Union in Christ. That's it? Yep. What? What is, but why are we asking about a perfect union? Is this a news story that I missed? Is there some sort of cultural trend? Where did that come from? Church sign, quote, Wakanda, end quote, person are you you're welcome here sundays 9 30 a.m that is relevant right there it is it what is. kind of person are you see what they did <laughs> there yeah we did see it and we also know what kind of a church you are bet it bet it's got uni in it somewhere i'm sure church time. the church does not exist for us we are the church, and we exist for the world. Mr. Creel, how theologically accurate is this church sign? 70%. <laughs> we know the church, we exist for Jesus. He's our bridegroom. We don't exist for the world. Now, that doesn't mean we don't try to be a blessing. We are salt. We are light. But we are the bride of Christ. So, part of it's right. Not all of it. Church Not once did God say, worry about it. That's true. That is true. That's That can be an encouragement, a little bit convicting. It's not like the best in the world, but it's not bad. It's always interesting. When 
I realize this can be an argument from silence, but if you have verses that would indicate this is the right way, if you don't have verses that are clearly stating it's the other way, then you you probably shouldn't go that way because the Bible doesn't speak about it because that's not what you're supposed to be doing. That's not a perfect way to interpret the Bible, but an example might be, what is my understanding of church-state relationships? Is the state supposed to enforce the first tablet of the Mosaic Law, the Ten Commandments, just the Ten Commandments? Should the government be enforcing idolatry, blasphemy, Sabbath laws? Well, does the Bible, especially the New Testament, does it say clearly, Yes, yes, they should. And here's how. How? And the answer to that question is, you know, it doesn't have a verse like that. And that speaks pretty powerfully, especially when you see the Bible defining realms of jurisdiction. The state is one realm. The church is another. Caesar is head of the government. Now, of course, he's under Christ. We know that. But the church, that institution That is a spiritual institution, and the head of it is Jesus Christ. And it is the church that should be encouraging, using the law as a mirror curb and a guide for its people, where we should have an expectation of them to have correct theology and to love the Lord their God with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And it's not the government's job to enforce that first tablet of laws. How do I know? Because, well, in part, I don't have a clear verse that says that's their role. Church sign here in Minnesota. There's a, there's a Catholic church here, and it says if you start your day with God, it'll end better. All you got to love is here in Minnesota. Uh, are you feeling homesick? No. <laughs> no. I'm feeling tempted to send back. I <laughs> This is, you would think that this would be so obvious, but I'm adult. I'm from Minnesota. We don't have accents. Y'all in the South mm-hmm. have an accent. That's right. And then I moved here and Southern people were making fun of Northern people. And I found it so, well, let's just say agitating. And then I realized, oh, I've been doing the exact same thing. I did not hear, oh, your day, if your day starts with the Lord, it'll end better. Uh, yes. Okay, in a sense, yes, but no guarantees. Remember, with the Lord, begin thy task. Jesus will direct it. For his aid and Jesus will protect it. Every morn when Jesus, every morn with Jesus rise and when day is ended. I'm no Alistair Begg remembering every single hymn verbatim. Every morn with Jesus rise, and when day is ended, with the Lord then close thine eyes, be to him commanded. Yeah, starting your day with the Lord, it's a good idea. That doesn't guarantee that everything is going to be sweet, that, oh, I put my head down on the pillow and there isn't a single thistle on it. All is well with the world. No, that's not the promise of being in Christ, but it is a promise that if you trust in his providence, when you do put your head on your pillow, even if you had a day that was filled with thorn and thistles, it will be a soft pillow on which you lay your head. Christianity is not about having a thistle-less day. 
It's about having joy even when you're experiencing the thorns and the thistles. Until tomorrow. I think I nailed that singing, Jimmy. You don't mind me saying so? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Go serve your king.